I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. This is episode 42 with Mark Coulomb. Mark is also a podcast host. So uh, when he reached out to me about being on the show and chose the topic, it seemed appropriate of him to choose podcasting as uh, something that he's passionate about as well. Uh, So this got a little uh, navel-gazy, as Mark uh, pointed out. But in the long run, I I think it's pretty interesting. Um, We both talk a lot about, you know, uh, uh, how we got into podcasting, what we get out of podcasts, uh, what we get out of doing our podcasts, which is, you know, not always something that you hear me talk about with guests. Um, and he made a couple of points that I really, really loved in terms of, like, uh, this existing as something that we, he and I, uh, will always have our podcasts as a, a work, as a, uh, body of work is the phrase I was looking for. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, and we also get into, you know, does that, is that a significant thing that we have, uh, maybe, maybe not, but I am definitely in the camp that uh, the experiences and the conversations that I'm having along the way are uh, are definitely worth mentioning, are worthy of note, I guess. Uh, Mark is a great guy. It was really, really fun to sit down and talk to him. He has way, way more experience with this than I do, and uh, it was awesome to get uh, someone else's point of view on, you know, the Chicago comedy scene as specifically where podcasting is concerned, but we kind of went all over the place with that. Uh, check out Poor Choices and uh, An Hour With Your Ex, the podcast that Mark is still currently producing because they're both really great and uh, he deserves people's support. Um... Uh, something else that I think deserves people's support is a movie I watched last night called The Kings of Summer, and I'm really bummed out that it took me this long to see it because it was definitely one of my favorite movies of 2013, I think it it's just like a really simple story told in a really beautiful way, um, very like coming-of-age type tale. Nothing too earth-shattering, but uh, nice and worth seeing. Um, Great acting from all the young people and the ridiculous amounts of uh, comedy uh, people in cameo roles were really, really fun. Uh, It seems like the director, Jordan Vaughn Roberts, who I've heard on another podcast, Doug Loves Movies, before I saw the film... Uh, is continuing to work or has worked with some comedy people in the past and is continuing to work with Nick Offerman, which is a a good enough sign for me that he uh, will keep 
doing cool stuff. So check out The Kings of Summer. But if you don't want to check out a movie that came out last year, you can check out a show that I'll be doing in the coming weeks. Uh, for instance, Squall, my playground team, will be playing pretty much every Wednesday at the new news show at 8 o'clock at the playground at the corner of Halstead and Belmont. Uh, so check those out Fridays at 8 o'clock at the One Group Mind Theater at the corner of Newport and Sheffield. I will be playing with Raygun Reagan. Uh, that's a show that I've been plugging on this podcast for a while. And you know what? No one has told me that they came as a result of it. But I'm gonna keep plugging it. And you're going to keep listening to it, hopefully. Uh, the next Your Nerdlogs Your Stories event is April 20th at 7 o'clock at the Public House Theater. Our guests for that show are the uh, improvised X-Files, uh, and the theme, appropriately, is The Truth, parentheses, is out there. So come uh, check out that live show. Uh, if you want to find out what Your Stories is, Go to the podcast page on the Nerdalogs website. There are recorded versions of those monthly shows. And there are two other podcasts that you can check out too. The Nerdalogcast and Talking Games with Tim and Clayton. Uh, also, while you're there, check out videos. Because that's something we've been working pretty hard on. And I am pleased with those results. Um, and then... Go check out Mark Coulomb's videos because he has been doing it for longer than we have and his are better than ours. Um, and then, you know, or maybe like after you finish listening to this, you go watch a bunch of videos that Mark produced. Uh, but first, enjoy my conversation with Mark Coulomb. Thanks. I totally understand. <laughs> anybody understand? I, I get it. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, my, what, what's the launch? Let's do it. We've been chatting. We're there. We're warmed just, up. We're, I used to call I, it warm up. The first, I'd always talk to people for 15 or 20 minutes before mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. uh, to get them talking without them realizing that they're talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a natural thing for people. Mm-hmm. I try to do that to, to varied amounts of success on my own part. Sometimes I'm good about being like, uh like soft segues and yeah all right so let's get started oh you've been recording like it's a whole thing there's no shame in producing a professional podcast like <laughs> some of this, like when, when you, like someone we always hear on podcasts it sounds like we both listen to po- a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. we go say something really clever as a transition and then mm-hmm. i call the transition out it's like right don't do that. Yeah. Just make the, let's make the transition and go. Yeah. I'll give you credit for making the transition. <laughs> Trust yourself as a performer yeah, and yeah. A, a, like a host uh-huh. that you've prepared or that you're clever enough to make a connection. Uh-huh. Don't point it out. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I have varied level of success. I feel like sometimes I'm really happy with what that transition from just chatting to yeah. recording feels like. And I certainly come into things with, well, uh, you know... I know this person well enough to know that they're going to probably take a little bit of time to like ramp up to a conversation. <laughs> and then there's some people that I know it's going to be the whole time. So what do you do when they don't though? Uh, I, honestly, I've been really pleasantly surprised 
uh, I've only maybe had one or two episodes where I felt like I was really pulling it along. I I had I have only I canceled one poor choice. No, two poor choices halfway through. <laughs> Sorry, I'm letting you. I'll let you host. No, okay. no. Uh, well, my uh, guess okay, today yeah. is Mark Coulomb. No, no, no. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. Do you pre-record your your intro? Oh no! I I, I record my intro after okay. I record. That's right. Yeah, you do an intro before it starts. Anymore. Well, yeah. on four choices, you did on an intro range. while the person was there, right? Yeah. I like. Uh, yeah, I record an intro like right b- before I post it, basically usually, um, which usually means it's like either super late at night or really early in the morning. <laughs> When all the quality work is done, yes, someone on, on the like the, the magic hour right before your own like personal twilight. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, I I even had someone comment on it once. The they're like, yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. It seems like you're always really tired. <laughs> um, yeah, like, just, yeah, it's like when people listen to stuff I do. Like, oh, it seems like you're really depressed. Yeah, I kind of am. Actually, I'm glad that you picked that up. By sharing at this point four hundred hours of my life, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm bummed out a lot of the time. And like some, usually in March, it's kind of bad. Like that would be, you know, like they do, you know, word clouds or infographics, oh, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like to just see how many, like, oh, he seems to sigh more in March. <laughs> like his his depression gets extra crippling, as if there's degrees of crippling. It, depression. It's a really tough. It's a tough time of year. Because you think it's going to be warmer than it is. Right. This is absolutely a big aspect of it, in Chicago anyway. Yeah. It's also just like, um, it's an odd time between like the holidays and summer. I think it's also, it's like the, it's like the hump day of the year. This is, yeah, the, the, uh, just a tundra. Like in every <laughs> sense of it. Yeah. There's just nothing. Yeah. It's the absence of life mm-hmm. that really kind of mm-hmm. bums you out. Uh, yeah, Mark, uh, is also a podcaster and has been for far longer than I have. No one wants to be called, no. Uh, Mark is also the host of multiple podcasts. That feels like a a pejorative. Uh, Mark has hosted, uh, multiple podcasts in the past and still currently hosts one. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Glad we landed on it. And (laughs) came... To talk about podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we'll probably get a little inside. Just let's, let's navel gaze. <laughs> okay, that's, navel gaze. That's what, like, like podcasts are for, right? Mm-hmm. It's a deep dive on a thing that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, that's when they're good. Yeah. The less something matters, and the further you can dive into it, the better the podcast. There's a ton of merit to that. Uh, and I absolutely agree with it right because like the the internet by its nature just in how we consume it like on the day is this very like extremely shallow pool of information that Mm -hmm. goes really wide Mm -hmm. with podcasts i feel like and like long read articles those are the deep dives those Mm -hmm. are the where we're gonna really like let's hunker into something (laughs) those are the things i put in my reading list and then, like, I'm gonna get to you. a week and a half later, I might read it. <laughs> I'm going to think about getting to you because I want to be the kind of person that reads Knows articles this. like that. Yes, that is uh, pretty much the story of my life. Uh, I am also, I'm, I'm terrible at, like, 
when people bring up, oh, do you see that? Uh, do you see that video of the dog that thinks do things say, are magic? Do you say yes or no when people ask you if you've seen, experienced a thing, even if you haven't, just to make conversation? I am typically pretty honest about it. I, I am a filthy liar. Really? You'll say like, because yes, just to be like, yep. Just don't to, want to talk about it. Just to make conversation. I go, huh? Because most people can have, like, I'm so socially awkward with people. Like, in a real person. I have to have, like, a, a podcast room is a great way to talk to people. And I really uh -huh. wanted to talk to you that I wouldn't be able to talk to mm -hmm. in a normal context. Mm -hmm. uh, and it goes back to, too, I am so comfortable talking to people in, in the, quote, real life, mm -hmm. uh, life uh, that I'll just ask them questions. If you see me out and about... You'll just see me, I'm never really saying anything. I'm just going, uh-huh. Oh, really? Well, then what happened? Because I have just no, I, I'm unable to hold a conversation in person. It's horrifying. When it comes to, I, I don't know. I, I find myself, um, like, running, whenever things wear thin, I don't know where to go next. And it usually, I don't even know what I default to. I think, I I think that like, have you seen this as a, uh, a something trying to like spur conversation? Where's our like, where's the Venn diagram? Right, right. Where we can we can our conversation exists <laughs> in this middle. Yeah, yeah. And and I found myself more often than not recently my answer becomes, oh yeah, I saw that someone posted that. Right. You know? Which means nothing. It's not a non-answer. I know it exists. I am vaguely aware. I am, I have no idea what it looks like or what that article was. I just saw the headline of Divergent. it. Divergent. Yeah. I, I know that it's a young adult series of novels. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I know that it's also a film. Uh-huh. I know that a lot of people will see the movie this week. I don't know anything else beyond that. But if somebody said, this diversion, huh? I'd be like, yeah, right? <laughs> and they would get to have a 15-minute conversation with themselves. About how much they know about diversion. Yeah, and, and I just go like, oh. oh, yeah, Shalene Woodley. Uh -huh. And I'd learn a lot, and, and that'd be good, and then I'll leave, and I can go home, and I can just shut my door, and I'll be okay. And then I'm good again. And now we've had a social interaction. Uh, or but, at least the appearance of one. Right. <laughs> Whereas with a podcast, I feel like we you can ask jarring, like incredibly personal. Like mm -hmm. to me, what's interesting about people, your hopes, your ambitions, mm -hmm. your disappointments. Mm -hmm. uh, just because to me, like those like transitory states. Yeah. Like, why don't you. Uh, okay. So uh, first, what was your initial. Where did your initial love for podcasting come from? Uh, I was working on a cruise ship. Uh, and this was in, so if so I started in 2004, I finished around 2008 and it was in Europe. So like there wasn't a lot of broadband except for the occasional turnaround port. So what what was your job? Uh, video stuff. Oh, cool. So video advertising. So I filmed every day and I'd edit every day and it was really like, you know, basically every week I'd have to make an hour long video. So I, wow. I, like I learned how to shoot and edit, not at college, awesome. but there. So it was really that's really cool. Yeah, I got really really lucky, uh, and I learned a little what, bit about cruise line? Uh, princess cruises. Princess. Yeah, uh, and we had audio equipment, so I learned a little bit about audio mixing in college and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
But well, I was in Europe to kind of feel aware of things. Podcasting had started, and I had downloaded all these Ricky Gervais podcasts. Oh, nice! On a hard drive, and uh-huh. I'd be on these incredibly long bus rides to go to like. They'd send me in a, a car to go to you know if the port's somewhere this famous historical site you know the Parthenon would be three hours away. Oh, so okay. I'd be in a car and I'd just put my headphones in and listen to Ricky Gervais. Nice. And that entire summer, I managed to finish all. Like three seasons of Ricky Gervais. It's a lo- it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because if I wasn't in a car shooting, I would be editing, and mm-hmm. I always, and, and because there was almost no dialogue, it was travel stuff, I'd never have to listen oh, to the dialogue. Oh, that's nice. So it would just be music, and we used the same music. So I pretty much knew where I could cut yeah. and where the beat was, so it was fine. Cool. So that was it. And then, like, comic book, I discovered comic book podcasts. And then when I moved to Chicago, uh, probably my favorite podcast started, uh, which is a friend of a friend of yours, uh, this giant bomb cast. Oh, yeah, yeah. These yeah. guys. And they're like this video game website, kind of all dudes from, they were about my same age from sort of where I grew up, like a couple towns over. Cool. So they like culturally were very similar and it was a great show. And so like that now, full circle, is like my Tuesday is just I look forward to listening to the Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb cast. Yeah, yeah Geiger like, is a huge fan and Yeah, of Geiger and I were related about that quite a bit. But yeah. So those dudes kind of inspired me to do a podcast. Because like, awesome. well, it seems really fun, you know. And then uh, in Chicago, there was Ruby Streak had a podcast at the Second City. She was okay. the musical director at Second City. Okay. So you can go listen to that. Joe Feldman was the production assistant on it. Nice. Uh, and they would what interview... What was that? Uh, it was called... Something Something with Ruby Streak. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. But, uh, yeah. Whoa. I almost fell. But her pot, so they didn't read people. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Seth Whiteberg did a thing called the Chicago Sessions that I really liked, where he'd interview an improviser and then uh, do a scene with them. And I think improvising audio improv is kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Like, mostly miss. But then there's something like Super Ego, and I think those dudes are great. Uh... So me and another guy wanted to start, like, we're going to write some sketches together. I'm like, oh, that doesn't really sound fun. What can we do? Let's do a podcast. And then slowly we're like, let's have our friends on. And then I started to get really interested in just talking to people about why they moved to Chicago. Because it's such an interesting thing. And that's how the Poor Choices happened. Nice. Awesome. And you did Poor Choices for three 200 episodes. 200 episodes. I knew that. Uh, I just listened to, this week I listened to your, uh, exit interview as it was, uh, titled and, um, mixed last episode. What hubris? What, but I... Oh, it, uh, I, it's funny because I, I'm coming up on having done it for a year and on 50 episodes, so I've been thinking about, like, what fun thing I could do to kind of celebrate that, and... Like you said, yeah, it feels like, oh, I'm like, oh, man, this would be so fun if I did this and this and this. And then I'm like, this is really self-indulgent. Like, everything becomes the deification of self. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I, I feel like, on some level, obviously every level of performance or or creation is selfish on some level. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you want to, like, I need to show this thing Mm -hmm. and... Maybe you'll be impressed by it, and by proxy me, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but, however, I, I do think there is some service you're providing for people in, in entertaining them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, when that 
happens when I talk to someone who's like, hey, I listened to, you know, episode X, uh, more often than not recently, it's been, um, Clayton Margerson's because he chose to talk about sex. So, <laughs> um, uh, so people, provocative. Yeah. Cause everyone was like, oh yeah. I thought, I thought someone was supposed to, there was, people were supposed to talk about their expertise. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, that's, well, one of the, in the first minutes of Clayton's, Does he recuse himself? Uh, I was like, so I sent you an email that said you should choose a topic that you love slash know a lot about slash are passionate about. Sure. And, uh, the only thing you sent back as what you said you would do was sex. And he was like, oh, was that, was that what I was supposed to do? So I was like, cool, so you didn't totally understand the assignment, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'll give you an out if you want to do something else. And he was like, no, 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 let's do it, let's do it. So okay. that was his uh, claim that that's not what sure. would have come to mind were he t- actually unaware of what I, Clayton's just super funny yeah. I want to hear Clayton talk about anything yeah so. it, it was a lot of fun I, I enjoyed it a lot I I, uh, I think it went I think it went really well and I didn't really know what to expect going into it so yep I mean and there's that thing I gosh when you start when you when you invite some a stranger into your home <laughs> which is fucking like that's just yeah weird. I remember you like, talking about that a few times on the poor choices so that I've listened to weird yeah and then you have this a microphone or you have you know, like, let's have this artificial conversation, but hopefully get to a point where it seems like it's genuine uh-huh. and real. And and because I'm interviewing, or at least I was interviewing performers, mm-hmm. on some level I have to get them to stop being the character that, that they are. Yeah. And, and at a certain level, the more advanced the performer, the more, become, the more persona they have. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, as you develop as a comedian, you develop your persona and your voice. That's also a thing that prevents you from being honest sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. everybody, but some people. Uh, whereas other people, the more advanced the comedian I would find, they'd be incredibly honest because they're really open as performers. Mm-hmm. So somebody like, uh, you know, like a great episode for me would be like a Steve Waltine. Okay. Because we just bonded, I think, because we had similar interests, but he just really opened up about his life, cool. which gives you all these different avenues to talk about. Yeah, I, I've been pleasantly surprised, like... There have been a couple where I think people just settled on a topic that they weren't, um, like, super passionate about. So I think they kind of fumbled to, like, find things to discuss with me about it. And, like, I don't know... And I think sometimes that's just because I get fumbly and I'm like, I don't know enough about this to figure out how to engage you about it. But just, you know, more often than not, I feel like I've been so pleasantly surprised by these really insightful things that people uh, sometimes, like, discover in talking to me about it. Right. Which is, that's, those are maybe my favorite moments when someone's like, oh my gosh, I never thought about, like, maybe that is why I like X, Y, and Z. One of my favorite one of my recent favorites was uh, my friend Scott Braidman um, talked about Charlie Chaplin, and uh, he um, he got into Chaplin because he got a job teaching at a school a week before school started as a theater teacher, and he was like, "Oh, I totally got the theater stuff," but he also had to teach a film class, so he had to put like 
a film course's worth of information about Charlie Chaplin somehow into his brain over the course of like six days. Sure. <laughs> uh, and like talking to him, he kind of realized a couple of things about like his own tendencies as a performer by talking about some things that like Chaplin did or things that he did that Scott like doesn't like and and uh that was so maybe it was just that's the only one that's been specifically about um one other performer so I think there was so much crossover when you get into actually like how he was creatively influenced by that well I mean that's the like the Nick Hornsby high fidelity thing right yeah are we the things we like or did the things we like like is that who like what makes us right Right. yeah that's the thesis of my other podcast (laughs) is, is that I, I always used to say like when I was when I was younger dating people uh, that you know when you start dating somebody I just felt like especially for somebody like me like an, I would say an enthusiast mm-hmm. uh, about certain things you just you know, I would call that a nerd right <laughs> I, I'm not into marketing so that's I don't have polo shirts made up or hats or bandanas, whatever you folks are doing. We don't have any of those stickers. Things. We have stickers. Okay, at least have stickers. And we definitely need cards, uh, okay. especially at like cons and stuff like that. Uh, Go back. There's a there's a couple really great books about marketing indie bands and punk bands. Oh, cool. And I I thoroughly thoroughly believe, and I haven't applied any of these to to my life uh, <laughs> because I don't I I can't market. I cannot bring myself to market stuff. But about how to how to do that, and that's what you guys are doing. Like, uh-huh. what's what's how to like stickers are super effective if you have a logo and you guys have a great logo because mm-hmm. you don't know where people are going to put them up. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, why don't you feel like you market? Uh, I I I I feel wrongly, and I'm wrong on this that it's just kind of crass. Like I I, I want to believe in that the world's a meritocracy in spite of all evidence against that. That. Or maybe, or because of all evidence on it. Like, sure. Maybe the stuff I make isn't very good, because a lot of people <laughs> aren't connected with it. Uh, well, I don't think that's true. I think it's more the former than the latter, uh, personally, and I'm not just... No, no, uh, no. I, I don't mind if people <laughs> think the stuff's bad. I don't think it's very good sometimes, too. Uh, it, it's so... Yeah, but isn't that a tough thing to have to go through as a creative? Like, you don't want to have to do that aspect of it. I, I don't. I didn't... I, I have worked ostensibly in marketing with videos and advertising or in the news. I've worked in these kind Do you of... think that's a, an aspect of it? That yeah. you have worked in that kind of, like, industry and done it? Well, so if you have worked for, like, these commercial kind of uh, media interests, and so it's really not fun to edit <laughs> when there's money involved or to do stuff. Yeah. So in this creative endeavors, I, I, I want to be as pure a... And I'm the last, I promise you before I moved to Chicago, I was the last person that ever talked in the way that I talk lately think, <laughs> about like art and things. Because I, I used to just be super crass about everything. It was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to be successful, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm. Basically, I want to make my living off my creativity. Yeah. So I realized ultimately it was what I was trying to articulate. But now it's, I, I don't want to have to bother people about the stuff I make. Yeah. If, if it's good, and I think like I think the podcast that Mel Evans and I do together, I think it's really entertaining, and I think we actually have a really interesting story that, if it was told to people, 
would actually in and of itself would be, be very effective. The Mark, hook. that's the hook. Yeah, it it's totally a, is, man. It's an unbelievable it totally hook. Because I don't even know like the whole story. Why don't you get into that? Sure. So, uh, your fiance, Mel. Yeah, we had our first date. You can hear our first date on Poor Choices, yeah. correct? You can yeah, literally. Hear and it. it was pretty early on in Poor Choices, wasn't it? it? Well, so no, it was it was like in the eighties. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but it was just so first half. It was right before uh, the guy that I did the show with and I. Uh, I asked him to stop doing the show because I thought like. He, Whatever reason, I, I just thought it could be something else mm. than what it was, and mm-hmm. if that guy was going to be a part of the show, like it just couldn't. It ultimately, I think having three people is a weird dynamic. It's hard, yeah. Be, so having two people is great because then one person isn't having to do color, and, mm-hmm. and so you can you can do that, and then it's awesome. And I, there's plenty of podcasts that do that. It's great. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't what the show that I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I listened to an episode of Poor Choices where you specifically got into that and like defined that you your favorite kinds of podcasts are two people. Like you said earlier, getting into one thing yeah. pretty deeply, and I I think I I relate relate to that as well. So it's to me it's you know it's such a personal medium in a way like you know short videos or this visual auditory medium. There's all these other things. But with a podcast, you're in their head. Mm-hmm. And you hear two people having this intense conversation <laughs> you know, when it gets real quiet on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very engrossing. It's very, you feel like you're sharing a private moment. Mm-hmm. These moments that, especially in this, a world where we don't interact with people because of our headphones, <laughs> that's like the, yeah. mo- the, mo- the closest you get to a real personal interaction is yeah. observing someone else's. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, I mean, as I've, I also have worked... Uh, um, my first job in Chicago is really when I started to get into podcasting and listen to a lot, as I told you um, before we started recording. But I, I still do uh, when we're in between class weeks at work because uh, we only have classes about half the time. Uh, I'm the only employee. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like, That's really yeah. sweet. Uh, yeah, I. It was a really big. Thing. And like I had been doing the podcast for uh, a couple of months before I got that job. And so the first episode is just like 20 minutes of me talking about like what I want it to be, why I'm doing it. Um, it's like verbalizing that scheduling might be difficult uh, because at the time, like I was super busy all night times and doing nothing during the day. And it was like driving me crazy. Like I started working out a ton yep. and like... Yep. Uh, sleeping way too much. Yeah. Yeah. You sleep till 11, then you sleep till noon, then you yeah. sleep till 1, and you're just like, what It's is every this? fucking week, yeah. So. Permanent weekend. Yeah, yeah, and and you can only do it for so long, or at least I, did I it for could. for like 10 years, so. Yeah, that's, that's a city, Miles. Uh, yeah, so I was like, you know, verbalizing a lot of that, and as a result of that, because I talked about that, you know, in the first episode, it became something I would mention in intros like oh i had this interview or like uh this is a thing that i did this week like uh and so it's kind of, it's interesting i have like kind of a compendium of the things i was going through at different points of getting and, that and job think about how like in 10 years yeah like, how horrifying or like empowering and awesome it's gonna be. <laughs> so to me that just to touch on portraits one last time maybe uh the value in that show wasn't I hoped that it would be a resource for people like me that moved to Chicago mm-hmm. uh, that could hear people they admire and just to hear that like they were we were all the same. You're yeah. all the same person yeah. on this continuum. Yeah. That's valuable. 
However, I think in like 10, 15 years, when, when whatever, like when the Nerdalogs goes on to world domination, <laughs> and sure. these people go right there, and these people go there, and everyone's doing great, and I'm now like, you know, just walking dogs or whatever it is that I do. <laughs> not, that's not, I don't, I, it just seems where people end up sometimes. Yeah. Uh, then at least then, like, I have this artifact. It does, oddly. Yeah, right? Uh, I have this artifact of like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if you could hear Steve Carell and Tina Fey like mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. So that's what Poor Choices hopefully could be. And and it absolutely is that. I mean, I... Uh... I hope I picked good... I like, like I think I, I like, out of 200, like, th- there's some winners in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, um... I like I said, uh, I had listened to a couple, you know, as you were producing it, and then uh, went back. Um, like once you expressed that you wanted to do MBSing, I was like, oh man, this is cool. I should like revisit Poor Choices. And I think literally within a couple of days of that thought, you posted like a best your like oh. some of your favorite episodes. That's because I just read it on my website. <laughs> <laughs> just ones like I wanted if somebody's going to stumble across. Uh, so I downloaded all the ones that you mentioned oh, and I've been kind of working through those. Awesome. Uh, so I probably listened to like half of that list. Uh, and man, it's so cool. Like to, I, I never met 80. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I worked with Connor on a few things uh, before they uh, moved out to New York and had ridiculous amounts of success. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, I did tech for his one man show at the Annoyance, and he was so cool and so easy to work with, and like he's a really good dude. Uh, and then like kind of after that is when I found out that he had that whole like this. Uh, you guys talked about it a lot on his um, episodes uh, yeah. that he that he has kind of like a like a reputation for being like uh, gruff or like um, oh, like, well, yeah. but it's all just persona and like he's a super nice guy, and I was like. Yeah, he totally is. Because when I worked with him, it was uh, it was super easy. And... and that's and that was the strangest thing is that, you know not every time, but by and large, the most you know quote successful people mm-hmm. that I, I talked to were often the nicest. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And I think that is a a comforting thing. Like you mentioned uh, that you know uh, ideally. Uh, what we do would be a meritocracy uh, uh, and it, it may not be but I do think that uh, I have also had similar uh, in the limited amount of uh, time I've spent around people who are you know like I say quote successful yeah. uh, whatever that means whatever yeah, we're not in but what we mean in Chicago terms is that they've, mm-hmm. they've gone through whatever life they were going to have here mm-hmm. and now someone's paying them to do a thing right right and and you know isn't that uh, that's amazing and pretty much yeah, all of us would love that's why you move like that's, mm-hmm. this this like you know whatever fake humility and it's not humility it's the wrong because like to just say like you didn't move to Chicago to achieve certain things is mm-hmm. wrong you wouldn't give up a perfectly normal fairly like easy life to trade it for this life not that it's a difficult life or anything but just that like most most of the people we know like mm-hmm. college educated mm-hmm. you know good decent colleges could mm-hmm. just slip into careers very easily if they wanted to mm-hmm. but they hadn't so yeah I think um I think yeah, it, it's always it's always nice to me when people do reach that level of success and you 
find out that they're also just incredibly yeah. good people. It's like, good. That's what should be happening. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't, it's not always what happens. It doesn't. And honestly, that's something, uh, to be frank, that like kind of worries me as someone who like would like to continue to find success in a lot of different ways. Uh, thus far, my experience in Chicago has very much been, for me, uh, uh, say so like an upward trajectory, right? Yeah, yeah, sh- certainly an upward trajectory. But not, and that's not even. Uh, I I have had the opportunity. I I'm a, I'm a member of two improv teams and a sketch group. All of those people that I work with are my best friends. All of those people that I work with are people I love working with that are good people, no assholes in that whole bunch. Not everyone can say that about no. groups that they're associated with. And to me, I like I have a f- uh, not necessarily a fear, but like I don't want to have to work with people that I don't like. I don't. So, right? Like that's it. And I, I've had a couple instances where I've had what would be kind of classified as higher profile things mm-hmm. where I've had to work with people that I wasn't as crazy about or maybe material I wasn't as crazy about. And every time I've done that, it hasn't turned out well. And yeah. I ultimately should have not done that. Right. Anytime you, like, so now I'm at this thing where, like, if I have even a little reservation, I'll just bail on things. Which is probably not the best thing ever. But right. it, it's only grown out of, like, I, for five years, like, it took every opportunity that mm. came my way and did, I said yes to everything. Mm. Uh, and ended up feeling a little burned out and mm. certainly a little hurt uh, by how I'd been or at least how I felt I'd been treated mm-hmm. a lot of different times. Well, not a lot. It makes yeah. it sound like I don't want to sound like a, a victim. I'm certainly not. <laughs> because then you go like, well, guy, if every time it's bad, maybe it's you. Yeah. Uh, but just in some instances, in the, it just the one right after the other in the last couple of months where I've entered in creative endeavors and I've just been completely bummed out by other by, by people's behavior. It's hard, man. It's really hard. I mean, I still even with that like, like. Uh, the window of your friends yeah. and all on the same page exactly. and you like the same thing it's still really fucking hard it is it's, really, it's super really hard, hard and because and there's also just like as ideal as a group can be and like as much as people can enjoy working with one another there's always gonna be people are always gonna have slightly different desires out of what uh, we're all doing we're always gonna have different amounts of time and energy to give to it and even at different times like uh, it's, it's just this, like, we're all, it, you know, you said this already, like, it's such a common experience that I think that's what makes everything so difficult is that like, everyone's coming to this, uh, as much as we have slightly different things we want to get out of it. Everyone's coming to it pretty similarly. Like it's a lot of college edu- educated people with uh, some sort of job that pays bills that they may not totally love, but it takes you know time and energy, and then the rest of you know the pie chart gets put into whatever four or five or whoever you know who knows how many other things and and like people are going to separate that pie in different ways and some people are going to have more of the pie to give than others and like that's it's just 
never stops being difficult. No. no. I do it. So I do this an hour with your ex, this, this podcast uh, with my fiance. And, and at various times, we go back and forth on levels of enthusiasm mm-hmm. about it, you know? Uh, ostensibly, the idea was that, like, say, you, when you get in a couple, you have a stack of things. Like, read all these books, watch all these movies, listen to this album, and then you'll totally get me, and you can kind of make a value judgment. <laughs> Is this someone you'd like to hang out with? Uh, check yes, check no. Uh, so we all do that. So I just thought, well, let's document this in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your first your first date was yeah. when she did Poor Choices. Yeah. How did you meet Mel? No, I just I had known her from around. Gotcha. Like she had, uh, in all honesty, like dated people I'd known, like <laughs> friends of mine yeah. or a friend of mine, uh-huh. uh, Dan and. So I choose just somebody I knew, and certainly some of the performer I admire. I mm-hmm. have a lot of admiration for Mel cool. as a performer because I think she's really, really fucking funny, <laughs> uh, and because she's somebody that doesn't uh, tell you tell everybody how, about how funny she is. Yeah, I think sometimes that gets lost because she's just been funny for you know quite a while. So it's just like, oh yeah, Mel is funny, but like go see her oh, in gosh, shows. She's really she's, funny. She like yeah. She's a, blows the doors off the place quite a bit i'm biased for sure but i tell you if i didn't think she's a good comedian like i'll, awesome. I'll be, be real with people i saw a show with some friends the other day it was a bad show but they were really good in it like, right I'll, I'll, yeah yeah, yeah. uh so what you know where's the in between now you're engaged right so we didn't we weren't dating at all when we started the sto- uh the show uh a couple podcasts in. when you dated when you started an hour with your ex yeah what so you it was just a snappy title Okay. Yep. Okay. That's that when was... people get tripped up. Yep. Yeah, it is. Because uh, we were trying to think of names. She had, like, that was in a list she had sent me, and I was like, that's it. I That's like super that. funny. Because then people will infer, and because it's, like, such a small sh- social scene, it is totally conceivable that we could have dated at one point and we're and, dating again. Right. Which is what a lot of people assume. They're like, I, we didn't know you guys did. I think that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, so we never dated. We just kind of known each other, and... Uh, yeah, we did the podcast together, and a couple couple episodes in, and we like I like got dinner with her before to talk about the podcast. But then we went on like a, just a, to go see a movie, and then like a date date, and then eventually we just started dating. And then she went on a cruise ship for a while uh, for the Second City, and when she came back, it was just like, all right, let's do the podcast. And then eventually we lived together, and now we're gonna try to get married. Good try. That's awesome. I I just had friends, a friend who's on uh, one of my improv teams, uh, got engaged to his girlfriend uh, three or four months ago, and sent us an email over the weekend and was like, uh, "The wedding is off, but uh, we're gonna elope. Like (laughs) they're like getting married, but they're not having a wedding." And I was, and we're all kind of like. But he said it like that in yeah. that short of an email. Yeah. Like weddings off. Me and I, Becca are running. I getting feel hitched. like there's some things you're leaving out. Like, right. I'm inferring a lot in the in between periods. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there was like a string of emails that was like, "Wait, are you are you guys getting married like right now? What's happening? Yeah. What is happening?" <laughs> You know, like, if this is a journalism class, you've left out a lot. <laughs> you have yeah. uh, simultaneously uh, led with the lead, but also somehow buried the lead yeah. uh, along with that. Um, 
Bomb, yeah, so yeah, that was interesting. Bomb coming. Like, <laughs> where? When? Yeah, right. I t- something's gonna explode. Yes. When? Will it affect me? Maybe. Like that's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but he, he yeah, using the phrase "wedding is off" is like never okay unless you literally are saying that you're not getting married. And then it was like second even, sentence. Yeah, but even then, like wedding is off. Like we've. <laughs> what does we've, that mean? Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. like, can I help you pick your life back up? Right, like, right. So yeah, your simple um, "we're going to try to get married" was. That infers a lot. Right? It does. Yeah. It uh, does. It's really, really hard to plan a wedding. Yeah, uh, and but... I'm, and probably not as not to to be that cliche. I'm involved to a point, but it's just. There's no level of involvement. Getting married's fine. It's everyone else's opinion on how you should get married that's oh. the fucking worst. Yeah, that sounds So terrible. I just banned everyone in my life from talking to me about it. And they're, they're really offended the first time you say that. Because you go, they go, and you, I don't want to talk to you about my wedding. What? No, I just, it's very stressful to talk about it. And we haven't got all the details together, so there's really no point in talking to you. What? And they're offended as if you're Yeah, keeping... but like what else do you say if that's how you, if that's where your stance is on it? It's what? very like I've drawn on one side of the trench is Germany. On the other <laughs> is Belgium. So just let's just appreciate this trench and then we won't have a world war. <laughs> that's how we'll avoid this world war. I built this trench, you guys stay there, we'll stay here, and I'll meet you guys in a year or two. Uh, so were you, were you interested in Mel Yes. to the point that you were like, maybe if I ask her to start a podcast with me, it seems that way in hindsight. Uh, no, <laughs> I just thought, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a, I am having talked about it all, like everyone else's education. I have a very poor college education. I went to a very bad college and didn't learn very much. Probably my own fault. Uh, but She's incredibly well-read and incredibly well-educated, and I have a very kind of Wikipedia education <laughs> where I've taught myself a thing or two, but it's not, no one, you know, not by any accredited source of information. Yeah, I mean, when you said that you feel like the internet is a uh, broad, shallow uh, I was describing myself. I felt like you were yeah. describing me. To, I was going to say that at the time, like, oh, you mean like my actual knowledge? But you, you, you at least is are a chemist. Yeah. I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> Well, what do I do? Like, nothing. I'm sarcastic. That's not a thing. People don't. You either, when you're sarcastic. It's not a marketable skill. Yeah, you're either, you either get to write TV or you die. Don't. Like, those are, it's a binary thing when you're sarcastic. You either make your living as a comedian or you're dead. Because there's no tolerance for sarcasm in the real, in a, in a world. Because it's not a useful tool. No great society was, there wasn't a great sar- society of the sarcasms. So, no. You know, like, they didn't, oh yeah, like, the Romans, they were nice, but the sarcastics. Oh. <laughs> Boy, was that a society. Uh, uh, so you were like, I gotta find a lady who's got more marketable. Well, just the, like this, <laughs> our, I felt like our the, the the conversation we had in her initial interview on the other uh, podcast was like, oh, you have a different point of view, like a radically different point of view. Interesting. And the he said she said is is as old as time is a dynamic for you know like point counterpoint. Yeah, that's how you that's how panel TV and talk shows work. Uh huh. So I knew we wanted to do that. I knew I wanted a certain level of production, which meant songs, good mics, 
good, uh, some written pieces, like well, some prep before we do the show. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't want it to be like, and no offense to what you're doing, I just didn't want us to like turn the mic on and go. Sure. You know, roll the balls out yeah. and, and have at it. I mean, you had done that for yeah. years before that, right. so why keep doing the same thing? Yeah, so what, what, let, maybe that wasn't seemingly clicking with a wide audience. It was clicking with a very narrow audience, which I re- I can't tell people how much I appreciate them listening to anything I make, but, <laughs> uh, but poor choices. So I thought like, well, this could maybe connect with a larger audience. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, again, it's, I think it's evergreen in a way because we don't date the shows in that, like we pick movies and TV from all over. Yeah. History, I, I think culture. that's a really, I mean, when I was flipping through the list, and if you're not interested in one thing, maybe we get something else you might like. Right, yeah. I mean, there there's some things that you guys have discussed that, like, I've never seen and never have any intentions to see and probably wouldn't be interested in hearing people talk about it. Uh, and I don't have to, you know? Um, but, like, of course I want to listen to you guys talk about how you feel about love, actually. <laughs> right. That's it. That's- that was, like, the 14th or 15th episode. And I was like, well, this is a perfect intro. Like, it's not the first. Um, right. Still pretty early on. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I feel like that there's, people always have an opinion on love, actually, I think. But so, you, some people have some very negative opinions. I know. Right? And it bums me out. I'm a big fan. I have a similar, like, I watch it every year. Like, I had uh, friends in college that I would watch with every year. And, like... Uh, super close to it. I don't enjoy how much you um, berated Emma Thompson. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so that's the thing. I'm, I am of my so I that's or Emma Thompson's character, I should say. But I've, touching on that, when you say these things on a podcast, I because I kind of assume because the numbers say that that people really don't listen to this my shows. I just assume that no one listens to him. So sometimes when people hold me accountable for my opinions, yeah. it's like, oh, fuck. Like, I have to justify... Like, I'm always having to... When I meet or talk to people that I haven't met and they find out, like, oh, I listened to that thing you did. Yeah. Why'd you say it? You know, you're really wrong. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, well, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's this interesting dichotomy between, like you said, uh, uh, two people having a, 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 a relatively intimate discussion and isn't it so interesting that like you know who know uh, who knows how many people will eventually how many jobs listen to is that? Going to prevent me from getting. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. He said all that stuff. So yeah. I, somebody wrote this online the other day, and I'm gonna. I think this is a smart. Start creating dummy names and profiles, but just keep them clean and just keep it up. Four, five, six, seven years of just really benign Twitter and Facebook profiles. <laughs> so then, when these kids that are like twelve. Oh, become twenty two. Like you can, you can sell them, sell them, this them new that. Online oh my gosh, that's outrageous. Luckily, like I when I was kind of getting up to my internet dirt, like there was it was bulletin boards and stuff. That stuff is gone <laughs> mostly, and like people wouldn't know how to find the local <laughs> bulletin board that I used to post all the horrible things a thirteen year old me would post. That's gone. That's really funny. But like someone, we're gonna have a president one day that on Twitter was like, oh. Yo, that Kardashian bitch, right? Yeah. And like, you're like, we're going to have to reconcile the t- a 12-year-old president with a, a 42-year-old Yeah, man, yeah, we've woman. talked about that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Person. <laughs> we've talked about that. 
at some point with the nerdologues, yeah. we talked about how like that it's just it's it's going to change. Like it, a senator having a photo online of them like doing a keg stand or some dicks shit everywhere, right? Just like a sea everyone's of dicks. dicks, everyone's drinking, so many, dicks. everyone's like doing big old bong rips. Yeah. Like it's just going to happen. It's going to become the norm because and all our I thoroughly believe this uh, all our greatest thinkers spend their 20s pretending to be comedians <laughs> uh, so when we go segue to other versions of our life like the internet shorts and the podcasts and all this like what like you know a, a child someday could could hear like what would you do if you could listen to three or four years of your father's life oh my gosh yeah that like, would be they crazy. Hear his, his crazy fucking opinions yeah. as like a shithead in his twenties. Man, I never thought about that. So there's That's a, crazy. There's a life that like now is is like like an amber, a mm-hmm. version of you that's now cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one. I actually mentioned that recently in something I did at uh, a, a Your Stories event. Um, and it felt like right after I did it, I was like, well, that felt gross. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like a, a douche. Like, but when I wrote it, it felt, it felt like I, you know, I was just being honest, yeah. but I, uh, so it was, uh, the thesis was like, um, I like personality uh, tests and profiles like the Myers Briggs right. and um, uh, you're an owl. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> any time, uh, like any two axis, char- mm-hmm, yeah, anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah, like that. I, I, this, that stuff really like interests me. And um, in the uh, uh, numerology uh, enneagram, that's what it's called. Uh, my roommate introduced me to um, this type of personality profiling, and mine is uh, the host or hostess. And I was really, like, intrigued uh, when I did it and got that, because I did that, like, gosh, probably, like, three years ago. And at the time, I was like, I've never hosted anything. Uh, like, I don't know. You have such an mean? engaging personality, Oh, thank though. you. <laughs> I, I, you seem like someone that wants to, like, that, that has that. I, and I've never hosted anything before this. Um, I, I hosted, you know, like, an eighth grade talent show, and uh, but it was, like... Do you, are you a person, are you the friend that plans events that, that other friends kind of rally around? Or are you one of the gang? I am, of those two, more of a one of the gang. I, uh, I, I like, uh, man, when I was growing up, I just didn't have that many friends. Same and here. I Real just, thought, like, yeah. watched a lot of TV. That's it. I read and watched TV. I and just hung out in my room. I think that, like, once I did have friends, once, like people understood more about the person I was. I didn't know, like, how to do it. <laughs> yep. I was, oh, these people are so cool. We hang out all the time. I don't think anyone's really my friend. <laughs> I'm totally... Oh, I, I go through phases like that, too. I, uh... I exist. It's not a phase for me. I literally... I'm, like, positive no one likes me. And that... And I, I like you. But you don't really know me, though. That's true. So that's it, right? I think that, like, speaks to, like, you be like, oh, well. I really know what I'm like, so... 
Uh, yeah, but I, I, so I wrote this whole thing about like being a host and a hostess and, 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 and like how I had never done that before until the podcast. And I was like, and now I have this thing that like I love and I'm really proud of it. And, uh, it's, it's a concrete thing that like I, it was my idea and I made it and I still am making it. And, uh, and I don't, haven't ever really been able to say that before. And then right afterwards I was just like, that basically was just me doing an ad for my podcast, wasn't it? I'm I'm a I'm terrible. Like this is awful. So that's... <laughs> that's not what I intended at all. It just felt like a plug, but I just that's how I feel and wanted to express that. So I totally understand your. Well, it goes back and forth because, like, you know, I, I want to believe in a world where if you make three hundred podcasts, right, like that means something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but it means mm-hmm. something. If you make like a hundred short videos, that, that means something. Yeah. Uh, and I've done those things. And let me tell you, it means nothing. Like no one cares. Like that's the sad reality. So you need to, to you know, I think maybe initially I started making stuff in like the, oh, people will like this stuff by proxy. They'll like me. They'll ask me to do more things. Okay. Uh, and so on some level, sure, that's true, but... Like, no, not really. Like, it's just now you're just that same person, but you've made all this other stuff. Like, people are either interested or they're not. Um, I, I think that, um, you mentioned, I think this goes along with the the idea that, like, all of us certainly had the choice to not move to Chicago and try to do this and could have had, uh, Easy lives and gotten good jobs or whatever. Yeah, Ted, I work at the Hertz, rental counter. Right. It's fine. Uh, My life's fine. I I like this so much, regardless of what it is, that I wouldn't want to not be doing this. Like, what? even if this doesn't mean anything to anyone or, or in the end amount... To something uh, in in a uh, measurable way. Yeah, but what metric can you even? What is that? You know, like what what is an acceptable metric? Is right. It exactly. Is it, is exactly. It claim? Like right. There's, there's no exactly. And but you know what? I I enjoy it a lot, and I love um, doing shows and being friends with the people that I creatively work with, and. If I didn't have any of that, I don't think I would be as happy a person as I am. That's it. Uh, so, fuck it, man. I just, I, I just can't, I can't focus on like, and you know what? And that may keep me from being as successful as some other people become because I just like, not that I'm like, uh, complacent, uh, because I don't think I'm complacent, but like, like what I'm doing, as like I said earlier, I don't want to have to work with people I don't like, uh, and I don't. I mean, people listen to this like sometimes. Uh, there was one Wednesday I released on Wednesdays, and there was a Wednesday when somebody was like, um, "Where's the new MBS?" <laughs> it's like that is 
Oh, the no, world. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, one you, fucking dude. Oh, you care when I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. 100 episodes uninterrupted <laughs> twice a week. No, no, like, no yeah, I was yeah, super just, flattered. I, no, like, I'm, it was so I'm being cool. facetious. Yeah, yeah. You totally should be flattered. Uh, that's the nicest, because that's where, that's where you want to be as a podcast. Yeah. It, like, you need to be routine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple things that I, I think make a really great podcast to me. High quality microphones. You don't have to spend a lot, but no. you're in someone's ear. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like spend the money on good good mics, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's two hundred a two hundred dollar investment goes such a long way, and it's mm-hmm. uh, such a minor investment for what you're asking, like an hour of someone's time. Mm-hmm. I think guest that's compelling or interesting is always nice, but I think hitting a schedule of like and, and, and setting a context and an expectation of like. Well, the podcast is an hour. Mm-hmm. You get it on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. This is the format. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of people. Mm-hmm. And you set your week and you just go like, oh, cool. Like, oh, great. There's another one of those. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I've tried to do. I mean, before I was uh, specifically associated with the Nerdalogs as... Um, uh, what do I do to, gotta do to get on this network? <laughs> you know? um, honestly... It's Geiger, uh, right? Yeah, uh, talk to talk to Geiger or Reader. Can't impress that guy. There's I don't. No pressing him. <laughs> it's fine. We have we have an interesting uh, uh, relationship in that, like, I hate how much he trolls people, be- yeah. and he's just like such a little troll, and he knows it and yeah, like relishes it. It's really funny, and it is it is really <laughs> funny, and, and but like I, it's just I am like the whatever the opposite of a troll is. That's what I am. Ernest. Uh, Ernest. <laughs> It's the correct, it's pleasant and decent, and you you say what you mean and then act accordingly. Um, sure, sure, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, but I think I even said that to him recently that I was just like, man, I'm just not a troll. Like I'm, I'm whatever the opposite is, and like you troll so hard, and I can't. Like it's so, and I love him. He's one of my best friends. Like He's very uh, uh, I love working with him. He's so. The group would not function the way that it does without his presence in it, and I mean, I feel that way about everyone in it. In a you know, what's fun is like you'll, way. you'll lose another person, you'll function fine. Everybody else says that, <laughs> but I'll function in a slightly different way. We couldn't, we could not. It's like if you're a duo, then yes, like on some yeah, level. Sure. But like when it's I mean, four there's five. been a ton of of attrition. I mean, attrition and how is that to the yeah, group? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we lost Steve, but like. <laughs> Steve is leaving. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. <laughs> I know that's why oh, it was weird. <laughs> Steve Persh is moving to Milwaukee, so the fact that you said we lost Steve was like cut my like. And then someday <laughs> your parents will die, <laughs> and everyone you know will be dead. Uh, no. <laughs> this is turned into a welcome this, to Nightville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. It's, it's a very. It, yeah, that was really like the fact that you said Steve was disconcerting to That's, me. That is just, I'm felt, sorry. No, oh. it's okay. But wow. uh, 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 yeah, on Thursday uh, or Friday, he found out that his uh, long-term girlfriend had been placed uh, at a. Um, she's going to school to be an OGB. O- G B Y N, boy, <laughs> uh, and she uh, got her first choice was a school in Milwaukee, so he's moved to Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, super, super great. Um, 
But yeah, he'll, now he'll be like a satellite member. Yeah, and... a motorcycle down. Yeah, fine. exactly. It's like actually, perfect. Yeah. Uh, it'll be nice. Yeah, I mean, his parents still live there, so he's got mixed feelings about that. Uh, they're trying to get them to move into like the second level of their house, and he's oh. like, "Oh no, I don't want to do that." Uh, uh, I have enjoyed my life uh, outside of you. But yeah, that was certainly a tangent, but. One worth mentioning that you were doing a bit about some hypothetical person named Steve and Steve Birch's so movie. The best bits are, are coached in reality, right? Like coached yep. in reality. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, what, uh, I guess why I would love to get more into, like, the idea that for you podcasting with someone is just easier than having an actual conversation yeah i just think that's really interesting and i think it's worth i think it also explores like the medium of podcasting in a way so because well, if you're just sitting at like i you know and i'm one thing i'm trying to not say is like as much on a podcast oh so yeah i'm, I'm train, terrible train, at it trying to train myself not to do that i went through a phase where i was being way more conscious of it uh, and I've lost that phase again. It's just impossible. I grew up in California, so it's just <laughs> and, and dudes and likes are just there. There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a kind of conversations that I like to have with people are, are pretty like deep dive kind of like Jimmy Pennington's a guy that I talk to a lot. I love Jimmy. He's the best, and we have these really heartfelt, deep, fake philosophical conversations. Of course, yeah. That's just what I the, the level of discourse I prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not. A level of discourse that most people want. Most people just want to talk. Mm-hmm. The podcasting allows you to. What are your thoughts on this? And follow the the kind of tributaries of a, a conversation. I don't think you get that in, in real life, and, mm-hmm. and it's just weird. Whereas if you say like, "Oh, I," like or to... with more casual acquaintances. Yeah, like I didn't know somebody like a uh, Tim Baltz is somebody that I've kind of grown to be free. He asked me to join a fantasy basketball league of his. And, cool. And, and all these other guys that were people that had been on the show and I got to know them almost through the podcast is how I developed this relationship. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to talk to them and ask them the kind of questions that I was interested in without, without that. getting to know them. Or over, feeling you know, weird about yeah, it. Yeah, or being a creep of like, hey stranger, how did this feel? Uh, whereas if you put in a podcast, I can go like, well, like the second, when, when, when someone from a second city, like, my, one of my favorite questions would always be, you know, when that phone call came and said, like, either you're joining Torco or you've gotten a stage, when, when Beth Klingman or whoever calls you and, and, and says that, like, what did that moment feel like? Mm-hmm. What Specific moments. Mm-hmm. That would be, that's a really interesting question to yeah. me. Because uh, it, it, you know, provides such insight into people and, mm-hmm. and how they handle situations. I couldn't ask that conversation, that yeah. question, and just for a casual conversation. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, sure. But and anyway. that's a totally reasonable response. I mean, you know, and yeah. I think that's way more uh, like interesting and intriguing than uh, uh, just like you know the uh, the idea that the pot that like are you. Uh, performing in in so many words and in some ways yes and in a lot of ways no personally i feel um uh you know is that an aspect of it like is it more intriguing to have a conversation when you know other people will listen to it than when it's just the two people involved uh and i like that 
as you know, uh, uh, your response and answer is is <laughs> better than that oh. being the reasoning. But here's the, the, the and here's another kind of fun thing about it is I, you know, if I was in a a successful improv show on a Tuesday night, more people would. Less people would have seen that show than mm-hmm. listened to the podcast I did, mm-hmm. but a majority of the people that listen to the, the podcast will walk past me and never know that I'm there, and never even... It's really great, this sure. anonymity that's been afforded. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm I sure was, there are plenty of people. I mean, show, if... like I, they know you like, oh, you're in that Tuesday show, really. Like, like I can sit oh, and party. Oh, that's very true. And just talk to people, and I have no idea that I've ever that's made, so made funny. the things that I make. It's yeah. because there's no, I'm never in front of the camera, and I'm never, if, because it's a podcast, you never see my face. So it's uh-huh. like, I, I don't exist in a lot of ways. <laughs> that's really which funny. Which is kind of fun. I, uh,. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I ever would have met you had uh, Eric Garneau not asked you to do the curated Your Stories that we did for um, Jangle Heart. I mean, he's the best. I I love him, uh, uh, truly. And um, he does such a good job with Your Stories uh, uh, monthly. And that was a really, I loved the, the one we did at Jangle Heart with, uh, he just asked the other people who were podcasting as a part of the festival um, so, uh, yeah, your story was great. And I was like, oh man, he's so cool. Like, this is someone that I was, uh, aware of, even though we had never met and, uh, had listened to poor choices before. And, you know, like you said, I, uh, I think I like knew who you were. Um, but I'm not even sure if I would have been able to, like you said, like you in a room full of people being like, oh, that's Mark Kula. Yeah. It's completely hidden. And I definitely didn't know how to pronounce your last name until then. No, that's, <laughs> that's fine. It, I, it doesn't, my idiot relatives, they made up whatever last name they made up. Yeah, it's, uh, Smith is a blessing and a curse. Right. Your SEO is not great, but also like people, when they call you up, can pronounce your name. And it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know... If this may go back to the like, are we the things uh, that we like or are the things we like? Uh, I think there's some of that with um, MBSing. I feel like a lot of people have started to call me MBS, and I I know I have been signing emails that way for years, but it feels like more people have done it since the podcast started. So I don't know where. Well, that's so like I'm getting married to Mel Evans, (laughs) and. Uh, her her name is Melissa Evans, but no one has ever called her Melissa oh, Evans. Oh, that's funny. And she certainly isn't going to be Melissa Coolum because she's <laughs> Melissa. She's Mel Evans. Yeah, Mel yeah. Evans is Mel Evans. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Her, the, it's like Ryan Ben. Like yeah. it's such a, a and Tim Dunn. You know, there's some names that are just they, a full name yeah. that shall never be broken. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Mel Evans is definitely yeah, one of those. It's just Mel Evans. It's yeah. Actually, it's yeah. good. It's a good name. It's yeah. Uh, I it's really nice to hear you talk about her. Well, what am I like? You know, what else am I gonna like? She she tolerates me. Like, (laughs) what's the thing you like most? Well, she hasn't run away screaming. So, (laughs) if I had to like list first, that's probably right up there. It would be a toss up. Uh, Yeah, it's really sweet. I like it a lot, especially uh, from a self-proclaimed depressed person. Oh well, that's that's the that's the the depression leads to the 
codependency. Oh, sure, right. And so now that we're codependent, <laughs> and it's us, and yeah, we just live in the, and we, ha- yeah. So. Are there ever, uh, are there ever times when like working together creatively becomes like interesting or uh, con- conflict? So it can be like you know, uh, sometimes uh, just because by nature she's. She does a lot of shows and performances. She's yeah. she's out of the house a lot, so I have to sometimes like, hey, can you make time to to watch the thing and to do the show? And she'll right. say yes, and just even with the best intentions, her schedule it just doesn't happen. Sure. Sometimes though, I'll come home from work and just be like, I can't do, I can't be creative tonight because <laughs> the whatever happened during the day has bummed me out so bad. Do you, you do production stuff? No, I'm never. I. I answer phones. I'm a oh, really? That's, I think, like a bigger thing. If I could just get a job where I could edit or something tangentially related to what I do, I would be, I think, significantly happier. Sure. Uh, but, so, so sometimes we like, what happened with that? Like, like hey, I, I just need you to make this a priority. Or, conversely, like, that's the other thing, too, with podcasts or any creative thing. Like, you get trapped because you do this weekly, daily, whatever meant you know time frame you do it on you feel this obligation to do it and then are you doing it just because you've always done it or because it's yeah. creatively fulfilling Man. you have to know when mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. like oh then maybe this thing has run its course yeah and and uh yeah man there are times when i don't want to edit and you know don't want to have to go through all the steps that it takes to uh post every Wednesday. What steps does it really... I mean, it's, and that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. it's not that much work. So, when you can't even muster the work to do a podcast, like, to me, that says, like, oh, well, we're probably just... Maybe it's either we need to change the show up uh-huh. to make it more interesting or uh-huh. ask ourselves, do we need to keep doing this? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy... I enjoy every single... Like, I always look forward to recording episodes. Yeah. Uh, you do, and you don't have to, like... You don't have to enjoy everyone. There's there's episodes that I did that I did not enjoy where I just go, oh, that didn't, yeah. Wait, didn't. you said you stopped a couple yeah. mid episode. Yeah, I don't want to say who those people were. Like, I know who them. one of them was. I think, but you know, <laughs> it was just like ultimately, it was just like you feel when it, the conversation's happening when it's not. It's just yeah. Like, hey, look, I, I'm just not going to put this out here. I'm sorry. And we can do one yeah, at some would, other time. We, yeah, we'll do it another time. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. There was. There was one episode, I've only done one, that I felt, and like, listening to it, probably no one else would be able to figure out which one it was. But it just felt forced, and it was with someone that I knew pretty well, and like... And maybe, that's the craziest thing, is when people, this is why I I will not ask to be on shows, (laughs) and not to say that, like, it's just like, oh, I've enjoyed the guests that you've had, and the show you're doing, I was like, oh, if if it's ever free, I'd like to do it, but... And and I, like I told you, I think that's really flattering. I think that means I know you want to be here, and <laughs> I and like that's fucking cool to me. I'm really glad you asked. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah. unbelievably <laughs> happy that you, you had me. But sometimes people would ask to come on the show, and invariably the people that asked would not be the best guests. Really? Now is that a function of them? Like, you know, do they just want to be on to be on? And they maybe or. Uh, because I, I would ask people that I was excited about when I felt like I kind of had a take on how that interview could work. So right. maybe I failed them as a host. Sure. Yeah, and that's the thing with the, the one that I felt wonky about. Uh, I think part of it was that, like, um, that person just wanted to, like, hang out. 
and you're like, and we I was like, oh, uh, let's uh, let's podcast too, like let's hang out and podcast, and like I think that was on me, and uh, so I learned something from that. But do I still think it was a fun episode? Absolutely, I do. Uh, did they pick something that they really loved? Yeah, they did. Um, do I think that I failed them as a host by not really knowing how to totally engage? someone who wasn't, like, uh, totally, like, it wasn't their idea, it was mine, uh, um, yeah, I think that's what happened, yeah. is that I just came into it from a different it's a, place. You can't, you can't kind of align mm-hmm. uh, either your point of views or your goals, and then that's where, like, your interview will go as well, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, occasionally, like, I would hit, like, a creative kind of, like, I don't know, I, hopefully, you know, over the course of 200 episodes, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones, mm-hmm. most of them are okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm glad I did it. And, I mean, yeah. you, like you said, you you are friends with and have worked with some I of those people again as the, a result yeah, of that. Yeah, as the more fish that I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel that way. I, I, I uh, have worked on some videos with someone that I only really got to know through doing the podcast with them. Um, I have, like, uh, I've yet to start dating someone that has been on the podcast. Uh, Good luck. Not for yeah. lack of trying. Yeah. Uh, Go get them. <laughs> That's why you're here. You've trapped uh, in the room. You're gonna, it's really testing. There have been, uh, there have been at least a couple that I was like, man, maybe... Was that, yeah, would we just have a spark? Like, maybe because that's like it's, it's it's a first date, right? Like, so that's it. It was my by doing the and well, that was the other selfish in hindsight is I was able to pick and choose creative people that mm-hmm. I aligned with, like mm-hmm. that I kind of like. Oh, I think we have a similar point of view, and end up making videos and other things with those people. Cool. So the podcast will also kind of be a, a creative person tryout. Yeah, yeah, and you get to figure out if you're on the same page or not. Yeah. That's a really I I wouldn't have even thought about that. Uh, but yeah, getting someone's like backstory and goals and yeah, things like, like that. Oh, we no, <laughs> no, thank I really, you. <laughs> I think you're very funny, but you're a horrible human being. Yeah, and I'm so glad. Like, they're occasionally, sometimes they, you know, the interview ends and the door shuts, and I just go, Ooh, <laughs> I'm glad that's over. But there'd be other times where it's like, Hey, do you want to just go get a beer? Like, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah, there have been We're a couple that afterwards I spent like an hour or more just, like, talking to the person afterwards off air that, like, I never would have expected it to be that person who, like, hung out for that long. And it's all... It's usually been people that I've been, like, super eager about getting on the show, just someone that I think is really cool and and really, like, their performance... As a performer, I really admire them. And then, like, hanging out with that person afterwards, it's like, can we do this all the time? This is great! Yeah, that's it. You know, you have this really intense conversation, you know, with with like Mick Napier, or for me, like I would love to get was, Mick to do this show, but uh, we'll, that, it oh, took two hundred episodes to make. make to, that was the the white whale. The two uh, Rich Song, oh, I who's love Rich. refused multiple times, and uh, and and Mick, because I really felt like a lot of the things themes that had developed in the show like mick would be able to put a really good point oh god he's so fucking smart he's 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 the best he's ethically i mean he's he's obviously he's mcnapier he's the best but it's just like ethically like everything i sort of believe like as a creative person 
which I even feel comfortable calling myself that. <laughs> just ethically, love. it just lines up with him. Yeah. Like, it, it, how he talks, how he acts, how he does the things, how he creates a place where people can be the best version of themselves, or at least maybe <laughs> the most interesting version of themselves. That's to me is the best, right? Cool. I think that goes into um, how do you feel like your love of podcasting uh, or podcasts or podcasting, uh, all of the above, uh, has influenced you creatively and uh, influenced your life uh, overall? Think you know both things that we've yeah. talked about um, in general, but the uh, uh, Cliff's Notes. Yeah, well, just the, you know, like, if you look, everybody I've made a video with is somebody I've probably talked to on the show. Cool, yeah. Uh, I can, I feel completely comfortable talking to anybody, anywhere, at any time about anything. Mm -hmm. like I, I, you develop the skills to hold a conversation with somebody. And you lie about something that yeah. they ask you if you've seen. Absolutely. <laughs> or that I've experienced, so I just go, yeah. Right, sure. So that we can just continue on, you know, imagine what I'm really thinking. Uh, uh, but all these, like, it's just, hopefully, and then, you know, you, you, I hope that I made a thing that someday people I don't know can listen to or enjoy, uh, independent of the context of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it'll just be entertaining forever. Yeah, I mean, I was even gonna, I think I started to say uh, at some point, like, it's even really cool to to look back on some people who have, like, just recently found a lot of success, like AD and Connor, and, uh, gosh, I know I've listened to at least one other one, uh, Emily Wilson's, uh, like, these are all people who, like, when you interviewed them, the thing that you're interviewing them about being successful, like, with AD in particular, is like, oh, you just made ETC, that's so cool, and, yeah. like, you were talking to her about when she first made Turco and all this stuff, and now it's like, what the fuck was it like to find out that you got SNL, you know? But it's so cool to hear people be, like, both Emily and AD, I think, were just like, I don't think I'm that funny. Like, like to hear their, it's yeah. outrageous. To hear, to hear, you know, like Katie Rich or Beth Maluski, like, talk about how they don't think they're that funny, or Mary's son. Or, yeah. And yeah. you just go, like, or like Tim Balls, like he's just you, like you, legitimately are the like the funniest person I've ever met in my right. life, and I and I'm like your friends at work will say that, and like no, that's their uncle Dale. Like sure, that's <laughs> yeah. but the funniest person we'll meet in our entire life is the funniest, maybe the funniest maybe person one of the funniest ever. people. Yeah, that's like, so true. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. May just be like on a, the Mount Rushmore. Of like, I think yeah. like somebody like a Conor O'Malley fundamentally uh -huh. changed. Affected how people started performing. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely he did. The entire generation of performers is just doing their version of Conor yep. O'Malley. Yep, yep. Uh, I've been doing my own version of Tim Robinson for probably two years now. And that's what everybody <laughs> finds a performer and, and does that for a while. I don't, and I don't, know why it's, I don't know why it's Tim, but I just think everything he does is funny. And like subconsciously it just leaked in. Yeah. Uh, and, and like... Oh man, I'm gonna sound like such a dick bag. But Ryan Ben, who's one of my absolute best friends, sent me a link to the first, the, I th maybe the only thing that Tim has done on um, Seth Meyers' show. Oh yeah, the yeah the suit, the like uh, co-co-host or whatever. Like basically his Andy Richter, um, and he was like, 
and he sent it to me and the only message was like, man, Tim Robinson's really doing his best uh, Mary Beth Smith impression. And I was like, no, 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 no. My secret is that I've been doing a terrible Tim Robinson impression this whole time. Oh, and for sure, like, if you listen to, the, to my previous podcast, I was initially uh, hanging out with my friend Matt and doing a show. And then I was doing Mark Maron for a little while. And oh, then right. I was doing Tom Sharpling for a little while. Yeah. And then... Like, with the last, like, 25 episodes, I think, hopefully, I kind of got to what a show hosted by me would sound <laughs> Actually, like. Actually, would. I made, like, 175. Maybe I got there. And, and but it's still, it's still developing. I don't um, know. Yeah, sorry I interrupted no, you for my you own. you never apologize. It's your show, man. <laughs> I'm sorry for ruining your show. No. You have uh, been a great guest. And, and yeah, I mean, it's so easy to tie really clear links between your creative life and uh, the podcasts that you've produced. Uh, anything, any other thoughts on... I, I would like... I, I, would, I would say two things. Because I think people don't realize how much this helps. Is if you like a podcast... And they have a PayPal button. If you could just give them five bucks, a, even a year, that can like my hosting fees for Poor Choices are it's ten bucks a month, and mm-hmm. I paid ten bucks a month for as long as that show's existed, mm-hmm. and no one's ever not no one else has ever paid the hosting fees. So mm-hmm. as much as I get to like I enjoy sharing that with people, like if somebody just if twenty people gave me five bucks, uh, the way Podbean, so like that would cover my hosting fees for the mm-hmm. year. So like. That that could that could make a big difference. And then mm-hmm. if you like a podcast, tweet that link out. Share yeah. that link on Facebook. You have no idea how much that helps. And that's oftentimes for podcasts or even videos or anything like your friends do. Even if you think like, oh, we have the same friends, it's all gonna reach the same people. It's there's a psychology to it, and I, I would see this with videos and other things that I'd share. If one person shares it, it kind of goes. But if four or five people share it, then everyone else feels obligated. Like there's something, there's Absolutely. something happening online. Absolutely, I need to be a part of it. So anytime sure. you like a thing, it doesn't matter if you listen to a podcast and you just go, "Oh, that was okay." Just tweet that link out. It costs you nothing and can do so much for that other for the person that's just giving you an hour of entertainment. Cool. Yeah, that's like your ethical responsibility as as a consumer of free media. Yeah, is I, to I think share. I only I think I find myself doing that only with things that I just super fucking love. Like every once in a while, there'll be like a comedy bang bang or something like that that I just like thought was one of the best out of you know the hundreds of episodes of that show that have existed, or like the Nerdist or anything that I listen to on a relatively regular basis. Uh, so yeah, I think I could definitely be better about. Because wouldn't you want someone to do the same for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and how little effort does it take to do that? Oh, so little. It's like yeah. no, it's no effort, and you yeah. have no idea how that pyramid's going to happen. Right? Yeah, because it's all expen- We're dealing with exponents. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and and that's what it drives me crazy sometimes when I would have guests on the show and they wouldn't share a link or it's, yeah. So either, to me, it says like you didn't enjoy yourself, which is okay. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you did have fun, why not? Why not share? Yeah. You? Yeah. I. uh... Uh, yeah, those are those always get more listens when the guest actually shares it. 
this is literally, you know, more people are going to be interested in their friend. Like, their friends are going to be more interested in listening to that than we're, my we're friends. We're narrow are. casting, right? Right, yeah. So. My, not all of my friends are going to listen to this. Uh, and they certainly don't have any reason to listen to it if they don't know the other person that's involved. But, Until you build a continuity with them mm-hmm. and they just come to the show because they trust you as a host. Yeah. You're going to find good guests so I'm going to listen to who you have. Yeah, and that's honestly one of the like one of my favorite things that someone's told me about it recently as someone that I just had on as a guest uh, a few episodes ago um, Shelby Mongan told me that when she went into MBSing, she was like, I'm only going to listen to the people that I know. And now she listens to all of them. And I was like, that you is got fucking great. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you so much thank for doing this. Thank you so much. This was really thank fun. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> uh, thank you for your support of uh, telling, telling me that you... I'm not going to share this. Right? <laughs> that isn't even what I was going to no. thank you for. Right. Uh, just for, you know, reaching out in the first place. Oh, yes. that, it was really sweet uh, to... you. Get that. And, You're doing uh, great. Know that other people. I like I look forward to uh, MBSing episode 198 when you're embittered by the whole process. <laughs> like, I don't even know why I started doing this. <laughs> what am I even doing this for? Who yep. am I even doing this for? Yep. It, yeah. It's a fun arc. I will. Uh, I'll link it to you directly when that, I, if I ever reach that point. I think too. Like there's a there's everyone gets a chance to host this podcast uh-huh. in the community. Like, uh-huh. Like Ruby Streak did it, and then the Chicago sessions, and then Jason Chin's hosted versions of it, and Arnie Neekamp kind of hosted a version. So there's always a version of this show out there in uh-huh. Chicago improv, uh-huh. and it's like as soon as one person finishes, the other show that's kind of already started to takes the it's like a baton, right? <laughs> Not to say that I'm passing because I, I have no baton to pass, but I just think it's <laughs> this thing will always exist. Hopefully, a cool. version of the show. I I like that. Yeah. Thanks, right. and I look forward to continuing to listen to an hour with your ex. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to all the fine products on the Nerdalog Network, uh, in spite. Of the trolls that may run, <laughs> or troll that may he's run. Such a troll! He's I love a him, and he's troll. a troll. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark, right. I love you, and I mean I love that. You. Thank you. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.